and we are live. Let me find the video. And start the show. In a world of divisiveness, we bring you diversity. In a world of hate, we bring you love. In a world of fear, we inspire you to live. And now, laughing, loving, and alive with your hosts, Rain Thomas, Elmer J. Howard, and Dr. Kevin. Hello, hello, hello. I am Dr. Strange. You sure is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Mama Leone. Wonder if anybody knows who that is. I don't. Doesn't she have a line of of fast food or not well fast food, but frozen Italian food that you can get and cook? Very good. That came years after her original uh, family restaurant that was reservations only in the 80s in New York City. Very good. And in general, I'm general, bold, beautiful, young, and restless. Boy, that's a lot of, that's a lot. And I love it. Yep. Unfortunately, so, I think we're still waiting for our guest to connect because he probably would have. He's, he's on. He's on. I told him that we're, well, you know, we'll bring him in after we finish our opening. So It'll be exciting. I'm sure he got the, I'm sure he got the joke. Um, <laughs> if not, he's sitting there going, great. As soon as I get on, I'm going to be asked about this joke and I didn't get it. <laughs> I think, I think he'll get it. He's a great guy for sure. So how do you know this one, Rain, collector of all people? <laughs> you know, you know, we had Connie on Connie Fife. Yeah. And she knows him very well. He's very, very talented. And she thought, she said, you know what? He'd be great on the show and you guys would really like him. So you know what that meant to me? Go collect more people, collect someone great. Looked at all of his footage. He had a book that was, uh, I, it was coming out. It's out now. Um, it's out lots, now, yep. Yeah, lots of great things were going on with him. and. He inspired a lot of people. I was looking at people's comments, uh, you know, about him staying in the um, game of acting and entertainment and reinventing himself. So we all know how that is when you're in this business. So that is how I know him. I've never actually met him, but you know me, the texting, I feel like we're old friends. And once he gets on here, I'm sure Dr. Kevin, he'll feel like he's family. <laughs> You're the only person I know, Rain, that collects more people than I do. <laughs> you know what? It's it's fun and it's interesting and it makes life it, it makes life very spicy for me. I mean, some people I've collected, I've had to throw them back in. Um, and then you know, the, huh? Below the legal, a fish too small. Below the legal, uh, legal. A, a fish, <laughs> yeah, too small, and some of them half eaten and some of them like overgrown. 
Some of but, them are a little rotten. We all yeah, know how rotten fish smells. <laughs> yes, exactly. And some of them a lot rotten and all the above. But I absolutely think it's great for people to find each other that would not normally find someone like me or maybe, you know, Elmer or you, Dr. Kevin, and bring all those people together and make the world a better place to live. Hey, I'm, I'm all about, I mean, I, I'm with you. I'm all about people collecting. And I think that the more that we interconnect, the more we can create an interconnected world of love and support. And, you know, you don't have to agree on anything, on everything. Um, I just would like to get more people to agree on being respectful. Right. I that, totally, we've kind of lost that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of losing things, we've lost you in Alaska. <laughs> Is there anything you want to share with our audience? about? I, I've been to Alaska, actually, uh, a couple of times. I stayed there for like a month and taught classes and got to play with moose and got to go see glaciers when they were still big. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um. I haven't released any pictures or anything yet because I'm still enjoying it. So I will update you on the next time we're here. But you it's know, been super awesome. Okay. You know, honey, as long as you're having a good time and bringing your, your, your desert rain into the icy north, it's all good. The weather's been good. It's been... Um, it rained a lot, but um, it's been in the 60s. I went to the state fair three different times because I love state fairs. And it is different, but I feel right at home. It, it reminds me a lot of being in West Virginia. There you go. I, I need to interrupt you for one second, Dr. Kevin. Elmer, do you see Sean? He just texted me to let me know he's on. Yes. Yes, I do. Sorry, I'm doing a lot of other technical stuff. Uh, he is on when waiting for us to bring him in. Okay, so he knows. Yeah, I, I sent him a message, okay. private message. I don't know if he saw the private message, but I also mentioned in, during the show that when he was asking, if he, he, Kevin asked if he was on yet, and I said yes, and I let him know that we'll bring okay. him on after we finish our opening. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry that I interrupted you, Dr. Kevin. And I'm going to go blank for a second, but I promise I will be back. You're back. You're front. We want all of you, baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he probably was off for that comment. Um, so, Elmer, what is, what's new and exciting in your world these days? And see if you can say it without having anything, without having the word work in it. That's what I thought. <laughs> um, okay, use the word work. Well, besides besides that, uh, uh, there's not much going on in this end of the world. I am going to a gunquit next Friday for a week, so that's exciting. That is exciting. What are you going for? Vacation. Really? Are you going to stay at like one of those sweet little cabins on the beach? No, Andy. Andy has a timeshare, in actually in Wells, the next city over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I love that area. Good for you. You deserve a vacation. Are you going to like really take a vacation or are you just saying you're taking a vacation? Uh, I'm going to be a working vacation. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. You'd be proud of me. I was almost on fully full vacation. That's good. Yeah, it's it's hard when you, you know, have your own businesses, plural, that, you know, we have, I mean, because now Kevin and I have another business together, as everyone knows, and my filmmaking business, my accounting business, we have, we just bought the duplex. So there's just no time to, to really disconnect yeah. everything because something, I come back to fires everywhere if that were to happen. Well, you know, the only fortunate part of the whole thing is, you know, it, it isn't like you had a life to sacrifice. So I mean, you might as well be doing uh, something. Well, then here for that, I'll give you this comment. <laughs> oh, you're torturing me here. You're torturing me here. I don't even want to know. Whatever Elizabeth <laughs> said, I'll go with her comment. <laughs> the trip has just started. I just arrived in Chicago this morning. Um, and and on one hand, prosperity and abundance was up because I we got upgraded into a mini suite. Which was great because I've got a I'm I'm doing work here, but I'm also hoping, cross your fingers, that I'm going to finish the current book. I'm 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 gearing, but it's the strangest thing. I'm going to share this really quickly, and then we'll bring on the guest. I'm I'm sure he's back by now. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I am I am writing two of the most. Um, emotionally volatile chapters right now in the book. And so I find that I can, I can only write it. I can only, you know, like I've been writing, like sitting down and just like, blah, 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 this book all along. I mean, we're up over 90,000 words now. I'm just like killing it. And I've got these two chapters and I can only work on them a little bit at a time. Um, because they're so emotionally draining to write them because I live the characters as I'm writing them. I mean, we, the, the other day, Jeff and I were somewhere where Jeff and I were actually in Boston for the weekend and I had got up and we were in the hotel room and I was just, and he looked over and he saw that I was crying and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, Oh, this is just such a tough scene to write. Oh, wow. I can't wait until it's done so I could read it. So anyways, so I have found a few people, a few, um, a couple of friends uh, who like uh, audio books that have agreed to let me read it to them because that's how I like to edit it. So I'm going to read the book, get their feedback, but I'm going to be editing it at the same time because I find that I want to do a first edit before I send it to my publisher. So, I mean, the, 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 the thing here is this, this book is so close. And now, of course, it's become an eight-book series in my head. And as I'm picking up new things, I picked up a new character today on the plane that's going to be in a future book. I know what the character is. I know where they are. And they're all floating in my head. So life, life as a, as a, as a part-time writer, uh, when I'd really like to be a full-time writer, but uh, I, you know, I love what I do. As we all know, I love what I do and I love helping people. So it's tough. I just have too many loves. I, I understand that completely. That's why I had to disconnect. Yep. 
when you when you know when when you love so many things and they bring you so much joy it's like can i get the heart much bigger and you go oh it's impossible and then suddenly boop <laughs> and you go yeah oh, maybe i can get a little bigger maybe i can do a little more loving of this book this project this you know these people that i'm helping this class course i'm teaching all of this stuff so speaking of somebody who has a creative multiple personality disorder. Would you like to introduce tonight's guest, Rain? Well, you know what? I think Sean probably needs an introduction. And just so you know, this is the first guest that we've had on where women were posting handsome guy, good looking dude. Oh, that nice looking dude. I mean, I'm sure he gets that all the time anyway, but I just thought it was funny to see it on there. And because he is a good looking dude and he's a great actor and he's a great writer and he's an all around great guy. And I, I want to apologize on behalf of the three of us that there was a little bit of a miscommunication because we're all in different places. But Sean, you, you know, you don't really need an introduction. We are so glad that you were here and that you just hopped on and you're smiling and you know, um, wax on, wax off, kind of. <laughs> I wanted to get it before anybody else said it. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. It's nice to meet all of you. Um, that, was a, that was a great introduction. Thank you. I was just sitting here smiling, listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody just where is, sent where, me where, a, a Where text. is everybody? Where, where, is, where are everyone? Uh, where, where is everyone's different location? I'm in Maine. Okay. And Elmer, where are you? That's me. I'm in Maine. Oh, you're in Maine. Okay. Okay. I'm Kevin. in Chicago. Okay. And you, are you in Vegas, Rain? Uh, usually. I'm in Alaska right now. Oh, wow. Okay. What are you doing in Alaska? I needed to unplug for a minute. You know how it is when you have all those things tugging and pulling at you, like Dr. Kevin was just saying, and Indeed. you take it all on, and then you realize you're really not taking anything on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's putting on your oxygen mask first, right? I mean, you know, right. you're, not, you're not doing it well for yourself and taking care of yourself. It makes it impossible to do it for anyone else. So that's good. That's smart. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Self-care. Where are you located, Sean? We don't know where you're calling in from. Brazil? From, from Los Angeles. <laughs> ah, okay. So we have what we have... We, Alaska is actually over, so we're we got four different time zones on the show today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow! Yeah, we do. <laughs> I'm surprised we get on here at all. <laughs> so, so Sean, you have a you have a new book out called Way of the Cobra, mm -hmm. and if you were to give it a give it like one one sentence i'm not saying we're not going to talk more than that but if you could give me your one sentence about the book that would make people go oh what would it be <laughs> make uh, me sing encapsulated into one sentence i would say transform yourself and you will transform the world I think that's, uh, uh, you know, one sentence is tough. Uh, the book is set up that I'm your sensei, you're in my dojo. Uh, and COBRA is an acronym. It's formed from the words uh, character, optimization, balance, respect, and abundance. And uh, the tagline for the book is unleash your inner badass. And everyone has one. 
And uh, these are the strategies and the philosophy that I live my life by that have allowed me to achieve some of my success and have helped me get through some pretty significant challenges. And, um, you know, I wrote, I wrote this book at a point in time when I had had some, some significant success in my life. I had had some epic failures and, uh, I was looking in the mirror going, okay, what's, what's the next chapter here, pal, what are you going to do? And I was 35 pounds overweight. I had no prospects for acting work. Uh, I was re-engaging with some demons that I thought I had long put to, to rest. And I realized that, um, you know, I needed to make some changes very quickly. And rather than wait for my ship to come in, I decided I was going to build the damn ship. I just had to figure out how I was going to do it. And like I said, these are the strategies I use to completely uh, change my life. And in that one year, um, my my second book, uh, Success Factor X, became an Amazon new release bestseller. I lost the 35 pounds and I was able to get my uh, the show that I created, uh, Studio City on Amazon Prime, where we were nominated for 16 Emmys and won three. And, you know, I don't, I don't say that to impress people, but I say to impress upon you what can happen when you're willing to make certain changes in your life. And, you know, the changes are simple. The changes are not easy, but they are simple. And uh, that's what the book's about. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate. I hear from people all over the world every day that they are experiencing paradigm shifts in their life from the information in the book. So it obviously plays back. Uh, there's a, the, the, the Sensei, the dojo, it plays back to your time, um, which many people associate with you with is Mike Barnes in the Karate Kid Part 3. Mm -hmm. um, so two questions. If you are a complete ign ignoramus, like someone on this show might be about martial arts. Right. Would this be a hard book to follow? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Not one bit. Um, the information in the book is um, applicable to anybody. Um, you know, I, I wrote it in the construct of, uh, you know, being a sensei in a dojo, but it is absolutely uh, not necessary in the least to have even a working knowledge of the Karate Kid Cobra Kai universe uh, or martial arts. Okay. So what do you think was the, the most important lesson that the character of Mike Barnes taught you, the actor? Oh, um, I, I don't, I don't know that I really learned a whole lot from Mike Barnes. I mean, the, the character was, you know, very much kind of a, a unidimensional sociopath. So <laughs> I don't know that I learned a whole lot from uh, Mike Barnes. Uh, I, I, I wish I could have sat down with Mike Barnes and taught him a few things. But uh, but I can tell you that from, from my martial arts training, I learned a tremendous amount. And I do bring a lot of that philosophy to uh you know it's it's delivered in a way that somebody who's not involved with martial arts that's a layman can understand and benefit from it Be oh, my wife is cooking and just set off the oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry 
It's okay. So, you don't uh, need to send me an invitation to dinner, honey. Now, now listen, this is, this, is a great le- this is a great lesson in having flexibility and going with the flow. How's that? Oh, wow. Definitely. Um, um, where was it? So, so anyway, I was, I was talking about, uh, you know, some of what I learned from martial arts and, you know, the essence, the essence of martial arts, which is um, uh, commitment, humility, um, uh, discipline, uh, you know, courage, dedication, all of that stuff are things that I talk about in the book. And so, look, here's, here's, here's the long and the short of it. I had been working on a self-help motivation book for a while, and I was working on it under another title. And when I realized, you know, the, the absolute juggernaut that Cobra Kai had become, um, and the fact that I'm in the, the Karate Kid universe, I said, I can either write this book and, you know, have to work really, really hard to get an audience because you can't swing a dead cat in a bookstore without a motivational book. Or I can plug myself into this, this pre-existing infrastructure and network of fans that I'm a part of anyway, so that I'm going to have a platform to reach a lot of people. And I just think that's going to be a, a much smarter way of doing this. And ultimately, it, it did prove to be uh, a much better way of doing this because we uh, are now in our third printing. Well, certainly, I mean, building off an established platform is, you know, a it would it would kind of be almost foolish to not build off right. an established platform, especially when you can use that structure. The other thing is, I would say, I, I would suspect that people that were um, devoted fans or followers of the whole karate kid and the cobra kai are people that you're going to have a lot of people that are identifying with the need to overcome sure i mean you look at the demographics of who's going to be drawn to those movies and they are are exactly your target market not just because they like the movie but because of why they like the movie I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's interesting uh, about Cobra Kai, which, by the way, is coming out on September 9th, and I will be in it. But I can finally say that. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm, there's a workaround to this. So I'm, I'm I'm making the point. What Cobra Kai does so effectively is it it effectively caters to two completely different age demographics. You've got the guys like my age who had watched the original Karate Kid films, and for them, there's a largely nostalgic factor to it, and that requires one way of communicating and humor because we laugh at different things than you know a different generation then they very successfully um cater to uh the younger storyline with you know the younger kids and to be able to effectively do that to two different um age groups is very difficult and so with my book you're absolutely right that that it This does not compute. Did you send this not compute. Probably because there's smoke. <laughs> I'm not even saying anything about the cooking because I know you're microwaving something, aren't you? Yes. So I don't know why. Oh boy. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So my point was. My point was. <laughs> Hello, okay. wife. <laughs> oh boy, it's LA. There may be more smog outside than in. That's an excellent point. You're right. Oh my god. 
<laughs> oh boy, guys, sorry about that. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Dissipate in a minute. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that would. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Listen, this is why we have a live, unscripted, unedited show. Right. Because they, life this, happens. This, this completely Kevin. drives home the fact that it is indeed live, right? Yeah. Why were we, <laughs> Kevin? We have a question if you think you want to add it in. Is it from the LA Fire Department? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we've got yeah. silence. So we do have a question for sure. you from. from uh, <laughs> <laughs> um hi sean i have been a fan of fire alarm since the karate kid movie when you talked about your personal demons how did you overcome them or should i say how did you get down to a healthy level signed a demon infested woman go ahead <laughs> well uh wow <laughs> yeah, you know, I I, I I was dealing with a couple different ones, to be honest. But, you know, I, I just realized that I've always been somebody that could put forth not maximum effort and uh, and still get some decent results. But I was realizing that I was very quickly sinking into kind of mediocrity. You know, I was doing okay. Mm -hmm. But compared to what I knew I could do, um, I, I just saw that if I continued going down the path I was going down, I was never going to be able to really um, achieve what I wanted to achieve. And, and ultimately, that's to inspire people. And I realized that if I wasn't living the kind of life that was inspiring, I wasn't going to be able to inspire people. Guys, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm <laughs> just going to completely flip and lost here. Um, it's okay. It's okay. Show us all your inner zen. Um, we'll run with it. We'll run with it. Michelle, you think um, we can do anything about that? <laughs> work harder. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> so, and so how old were you uh, when you played the character of Mike Barnes? Uh, that was in 1989, and I was, uh, I think it was 22 years old. Okay. Was that your first actual movie or just the one that you were for that you first breakout movie? No, it was not my first film. It was my second film. And it was about my fourth professional project. I had done, uh, I had done a couple of uh, guest stars on network television for some shows. And I had done an independent, small independent film before that. But, you know, obviously, you know, a studio film far and away, the biggest thing that I had done. Unbelievable. <laughs> Wait, now things are falling off the wall. I literally think that there's a camera hidden here and I'm being punked. <laughs> I'm in Chicago. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm in Alaska. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm living. Elmer, did you fly to LA when we weren't looking? <laughs> are you fucking him? Oh God. Um, so, you know, it's not uncommon that if people reach a certain level of notoriety or success in media at a, at a kind of a young age, that they, they do a lot of roller coaster. Like, because it's, you know, was, was this part of the underlying, any of this part of the underlying drama or not? 
I don't know. You know, look, I mean, you know, when you, when you go all the way back to, um, you know, me as a 22-year-old kid, I mean, I came out here from Pennsylvania. Well, I, I was going to school in Boston at Boston University, and I transferred to UCLA. And, you know, I, I was living uh, above the uh, the whiskey, a go-go and Sunset Strip. I was single. I had a couple bucks in my pocket. And, you know, it doesn't really come with a playbook, you know? And so, you know, coming out to Hollywood. And so... Sure, I, I, I made some mistakes. I learned some lessons. Um, and in retrospect, it brought me to where I am now. But, um, you know, sometimes uh, in life, um, you know, sometimes in life, you, you don't knock the enemy out in, in the first two rounds. You know, it, it right. takes till the final round. And, you know, you know, certain things took me a while longer to learn. But, you know, unfortunately, I'm in a place now where you know everything's you know all pistons are firing and um you know my my life is wonderful right now and uh i i largely attribute it to making some decisions about things i didn't want in my life people i didn't want in my life anymore and things that i was going to do things i was no longer going to accept for myself and things i wouldn't accept from other people and once i did that um you know it didn't seem like I was swimming upstream anymore. You know, I am a firm believer in the, uh, in the 12 universal laws. And um, I believe that when we're not acting in accordance with universal law, that we, we meet resistance in our life. And, um, you know, I, I think that um, when you're not living in accord with your dharma, with what that thing is that you're meant to do and with kind of the rules of the universe, life gets really difficult for you. And life starts out by kind of tapping you on the shoulder. And if you don't listen, it kind of nudges you. And if you don't listen, it smacks you in the head. And if you still don't listen, sometimes, you know, it punches you in the head. And uh, depending on what it was with me, sometimes I got it with a nudge and sometimes I had to get punched. Yeah. I actually, uh, in in one of my books, I call that the wrecking ball theory. Yeah. Uh, it ends with you walking out of your apartment in New York City and the wrecking ball is coming in the door as you're going out. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> that's funny. And there's nobody that's on this show tonight that hasn't dodged a wrecking ball or two. Sure. Well, I semi-successfully. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that's what helps us grow as human beings. I mean, you know, I always joke and say, Boy, you know, a, a young guy who comes out to Hollywood and just experiences, you know, success after success, in a lot of ways, I feel badly because at some point, um, you know, he's going to get tested. He or she mm -hmm. is going to get tested by life. And if you haven't acquired the life experience, part of which comes as a result of experiencing, quote unquote, failure and dealing with it, you uh, you may find yourself in a very difficult position and not necessarily know how to get knocked down and get back up when, when everything comes so easily. So I have definitely been knocked down. I've just never been knocked out. And you've never been knocked up. So, you know, <laughs> uh, um, well, that would be another show <laughs> and another whole book. Just right. think of a platform you could build that on. I'm um, in for that one. <laughs> so, so, Sean, did you get my show introduction name? Did I get your show? I, I heard you say something about Bold and the Beautiful. That's all. That's. Uh... I said I was. 
I that that I was gen, I was general bold and beautiful, young and restless. Ah, okay. They didn't Good. get it. Excellent. Um, I got it. I I, I, I soap opera in, humor. It's soap opera humor. I actually before you were on it was a fan of General Hospital back in the day of just stop being Phil a fan Brewer. once I was on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that did it for me, Sean. I was like, no more. Uh now I was I was I was I was gone from that soap opera before you arrived. We had our first quarter main as I was stopping watching it when the first Monica okay. quarter main. So you watched you watched it uh, what in the, the mid or late eighties then, right? Oh, I, I was watching it in the late seventies. Oh my god, early to mid eighties. Yeah, that's amazing. You know that show is amazing because it started as a radio show. And, yep. And then oh, you can't hear me. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, she, uh, she was talking to somebody. Okay. Yeah, it started as a radio show, and then it was, you know, a black and white soap opera. And and uh, uh, I actually came back in 2015, I think, for the 50th anniversary. And so now it's 20, what, seven years? I, I'm sorry, 57 yeah. years that the show's been on. It's, it's remarkable. How – so I'm curious, and I'm sure some of our listeners are curious, which is – you did a major movie and then, you know, you went into all of the soap opera stuff and you yeah. did. a, a And there were people that got their whole life lost in soap operas. And I'm going to tell you, you may not remember this, uh, but I got hooked on soap operas by Dark Shadows. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So that that as a as a as a Part young of his kid. Collins. Absolutely. I've got I've got a portrait of Barnabas up in my house, believe it or not. As sad as it sounds. You do? Uh, yes, I do. Elmer gave it to me. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually uh, worked with Mitchell Ryan on General Hospital, who was, you know, Mitchell Ryan was the, the young, strapping, uh, leading man on Dark Shadows. Of course, when I worked with him, he was, you know, he was probably in his uh, 70s, I think. Um, but, uh, that, yeah, that's funny. So you're talking about a guy there that probably been working on soap operas for, uh, 50 years. So, so I have to ask, cause I, I, like I said, I why did I, why did I go from, uh, why did I go from a studio film to doing soap operas? That's your question. <laughs> no, my question oh. is, did you choose to leave soap operas or did they choose to leave you? Well, I'm still on, uh, the bold, the beautiful right now. Are you? Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know that was still current. Okay. Yeah. I never caught yep, that one. It is. So, okay. It's, it's, so, it's, the, it's the most syndicated show in the world. We're in over 40 countries and uh, uh, we just had our 35th anniversary and uh, it's a role that I've played off and on since 2001. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I love being a part of that show. It's, uh, it's, it's terrific. So, you know, I'm very fortunate. I, I have, navigated you know my my duties on uh the bold and the beautiful and also been able to do uh some other things uh while i've been on the show on of course cobra kai being one of them um and uh then i have my other show uh, uh studio city which is on amazon prime and so they're they're, they're pretty pretty good about you, you know allowing me to go and and do other things which is why i love staying there i've got the best of of all worlds. So, so uh, yeah, I want to know more about Studio City. What would you like to uh, I, I, well, I have Amazon Prime. I okay. have yet to watch Studio City. Tell me, 
Who is Sam Stevens? And tell me a little about Studio City. Why would I want to tune in? Sell so, it on me so I can turn up, tune into you. So Studio City is a show that I created. It probably took me about 15 years to get it made. Uh, it follows Sam Stevens, who is an aging soap star. Uh, he plays Dr. Pierce Hartley on the number two soap opera in the world called Hearts on Fire. And, you know, he's a guy that uh, when you first look at him, you think, wow, he's on TV. He must make a lot of money. He works with beautiful women, glamorous life in L.A. And very quickly, you realize uh, that he is just uh, he's just like us, man. He's just trying to figure it out. He can't get out of his own way a lot of the time. He is a, a flawed guy. Um, he has family issues, work issues. Um, he has somebody show up in his life that he never knew existed and now is um, uh, a very prominent part of his life. Um, the show is intermittently funny and incredibly, um, you know, it's, it's a tearjerker. Um, it, it's, um, it's a short form show. So the episodes range between 13 and 16 minutes, very digestible. Um, like I said, we got nominated for 16 Emmys and we won for, uh, our category for outstanding, uh, uh, limited drama, which I'm, I'm very proud of. Um, my, my wife and I are the writers in the show, the executive producers. Um, a lot of our friends are the ones who star in it. Um, and it really was a labor of love for all of us to, uh, you know, to get this, to get this done. You know, you make something like this and you ask, you ask your friends to be in it and, you know, a lot of times they'll say yes, and it never sees the light of day. And then if it sees the light of day, you know, it doesn't really come out the way that you had hoped because maybe you don't have enough money to do it, or it comes out the way that you hoped and nobody really ever sees it, or, you know, or, or nobody ever sees it, but you don't get any kind of recognition. And this was just a perfect storm. It just, it worked out that, you know, my, my friends all signed on to do it. Um, it turned out, really well we 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 found an audience and then we got some wonderful recognition and uh it really was a dream come true um you know this uh this character is uh i, I always say that sam stevens is kind of like a a xerox version of me you know how the more you you make a photocopy of something uh it, it gets uh the image gets diminished you know what i mean so sam is about fuzzy. eight copies of me back i mean there's there's uh, a lot of things that we um share in common from me a while back but uh you know it's 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 a show that has a real heart to it we like to say you know we'll make you laugh we'll make you cry we deal with a lot of very um uh, relevant social issues, uh, ageism. Uh, we dealt with the Me Too issue. Uh, we actually made history because uh, Scott Turner Schofield was the first trans man to ever be nominated for uh, a daytime Emmy, which means our show was the first show to ever have a trans man nominated for a daytime Emmy. Um, so we have a, we had a whole storyline uh, about transgender. Um, so we, we cover a lot of ground in it, and I I, I don't think uh, and it moves very quickly because we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of uh, screen time. You know, we 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 cram a lot of material in there, and I I, I know you'll enjoy it. Well, you've got me sold. Um, you got me sold. Me too. Early yeah. on, I, I would I, I I in my head now think of it as a poignant comedy. Um, yeah, we call it a dramedy. So yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, a poignant comedy. So a dramedy. Uh, I think that's um, great, Doctor Kevin. I have a, a comment from a. I'm going to close this. One of his that, fans. Yeah, we, don't, we don't have the smoke alarm anymore. We've got the streets of Los Angeles. So hang on a second. <laughs> um, 
Mamma mia. So All right, so Sean, we have, then... we, have, we have a fan comment, which is kind of funny. She said her only question she wanted to know was if you were single. And she said, and she came in where she heard the smoke alarm, and she realized that you said something about your wife and smoke. So she said she's, she's sad. Oh. <laughs> uh, but she's also, she's also 68. <laughs> and she's still, and she's still your okay. biggest fan. Oh, that's thank you so much. I appreciate that. No, I am uh, very happily married. My wife and I just celebrated our tenth anniversary in July, and uh, you know Michelle is uh, my creative partner as well. She's one of the head writers and uh, executive producers of Studio City with me, and uh, uh, yeah, we we're we're a team. And based is on this call, I would say the... she's smoking. But wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, based on this call, I would say she's smoking. She is smoking. Yes, she is smoking. <laughs> I was wondering if she was the head of the commissary when you guys were filming. <laughs> well, you know, we did all wear multiple hats. I'll tell you that much. That's for sure. When you're, you're working on something that's sort of a, a low-budget deal. You, you definitely wear multiple hats. Uh, we all know that here. We've, we've all crisscrossed. Well, I've not crisscrossed professionally yet with Rain. But Elmer and I did an independent film together that he directed and I wrote. Oh, nice. And and Rain and, and Elmer directed something where he castrated El, uh, Rain's part for the most part before he released it. She, um, she, she came in. So it was a short, you know, in Phoenix. Words like short and castrated. I, yeah. <laughs> she came she I saw in. you go. I saw you go a little bit like this, Sean. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, uh, I instinctually put both my hands over. My hand. she, she, came, she came in. She wasn't even a leading part. She was a supporting character, and she was the only one that had all her lines memorized. And it was like a you know a thirty second monologue or more that she had memorized. And then when we got to the you know cutting room floor, as you know, it didn't work, and we had to cut it. <laughs> so. Uh. I know, especially wow. since he gave me a lot of guff. He's like, this is really important. You need to know it. You know, you can't paraphrase it. You got to really know it and you really know it. And I'm like, oh, okay, geez. I'll be fine. And then we do it two times solid. And the next thing I know, he's like, yeah, we're not going to use that. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I, I, that's, I made that's up frustrating. for it. I, I, I've been there. If it's any consolation. I, I made up for it. So, I used her monologue in my director's reel, so. Um, I don't know if that really makes up for it. <laughs> yeah. no. nice Thank try. you, Sean. Once you, once you, Elmer, once I've you write that. another part. She's been begging me. Yeah. Well, she's she's been guaranteed. I get. I I actually the the book I'm in the I'm almost finished with. I'm writing now. I've already got a screenwriter who does writing in Hollywood that's interested in wanting to look it over for a potential movie. And I already told her I've got the perfect part for her. So I just really want to make sure that she, if I can, as the writer, that she up. gets it. Just just so I can make Elmer look bad. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it will just give me endless, endless conversation on this podcast if I can get her a part before Elmer does. So well, I, I offered her a part in Kings and Queens, and she, she, she was too busy. So. So anyway, said, talk, to, so. talk to my people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. So um, with, 
how do so how do you compare that that no here's a better question i've got for you do you stay in any kind of contact with the family that you created on general hospital and the young and the restless they always portray um, themselves like they're family, like they're like they're bonded after they've done a couple of decades together on the on the soap operas. It's never years I, of soap operas, I, decades. I, I do think that when you work intimately with people for an extended amount of time, that you form a bond with them. Um, it's a bond that you know you don't necessarily have to see each other frequently. But um, Steve Burton, who played we played brothers uh, uh, AJ and uh, Jason Quartermain. Uh, and we've known each other since, you know, the late 80s. Uh, I've seen Steve many, many times over the years, and I actually just spoke to him a couple of weeks ago uh, on the phone. So he's somebody that uh, I'm very, uh, I'm close with him. I don't see him frequently, but we share a very special bond together. Um, uh, yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's certain people that I continue to see, and there's others that I don't, you know, uh, Working in the entertainment business is a frenetic business. Um, um, there's there's moving around. There's working with new people. But you know, hopefully, you're able to, you know, touch someone's life while you work with them. And and you know, when you see them on down the road, um, there's there's still that that spark, that connection that you were able to forge. So that's how I look at it. Now. Did any of them follow you onto Studio City? Did any of the people that you got friendly with on any of the soap operas end up being any of the people that ended up you you romanced into Studio City? Yeah, uh, Tristan Rogers, who plays uh, Robert Scorpio on uh, uh, General Hospital, uh, won the Emmy for Best Supporting Actor on Studio City. He plays my my father, and Patrika Darbo, uh, who was on Days of Our Lives for many years, uh, plays my mother, Sarah Joy Brown from General Hospital, who played Carly, was my is my half-sister. Um, who else? Um, I know both those actors from General Hospital. Both of yeah. those are names I, I remember, so. Uh, I, I was just curious. So I have a completely different question. Congratulations on all the images. Congratulations on having a, the uh, a, a storyline that got a trans uh, got got a trans character out there and got an Emmy. A lot of times, it, there was a underlying feel of that people looking at martial arts from the outside looked at it as a very almost macho masculine thing. Um, that would make one think that it, homophobia would actually run high. Can you Can you speak to that? Well, um, I understand what you're saying because there was sort of a, a, a period of martial arts in the '70s where it, you know it 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 did have uh, a lot of sort of. It, it had a very macho quality to it. Yeah, that that part of it is specifically American yeah, martial arts in America, I guess. I don't know. But I mean, um, you know, martial arts is about harmony. It's about compassion. It's about um, empathy, self-discipline, courage. Um, and so uh, I, I would say that possibly anyone who saw that was seeing a representation of something that maybe wasn't the 
best, most true representation of what martial arts is all about. Um, I would also suggest that possibly someone was making an assumption based on what they saw without necessarily sitting down and speaking to the people that they thought were transmitting that. I don't know how you would know if somebody is transphobic from watching them do a martial arts movie. I think it's a pretty big assumption. No, I'm, I'm talking about on the floor level of when I was growing up and what I saw was that a lot of the kids that got involved with that would would and again we're talking for me we're talking the 70s and the 80s mm -hmm. and that's why i wanted to bring it up because knowing what i know now in in looking back that somebody who truly was studying uh anything that is coming from an eastern philosophy from the kind of things you talked about the universal the dharma stuff like this would not be either transphobic or homophobic because it does not exist in those cultures but the the kind of american thing that permeated well i would for, I, for a while on the street I would, I would i would interject and i i don't mean to correct you but i would say that unfortunately it does exist in those cultures i mean if you look if you look at china um i believe that it's it's illegal or punishable to be gay in china if i'm not mistaken modern um, so, china yes so um, yeah i i don't know that some of the countries that are large proponents of, of a martial arts tradition necessarily all fall in line with with the, the best the best attributes of martial arts. Um, uh, but but yes, I agree with what you're saying. You know, at, at, at the root of martial arts, um, you know, a, a true martial artist would certainly not demonstrate homophobia or transphobia. Yeah, and. I have a and Go ahead. I, I have a, I have an entertainment question. Because, um, you know, now with a lot of the revamps of TV shows and movies and stuff, people are experiencing that. But not a lot of people have of where, you know, you worked with a group of people many years ago and then were reunited with them. Can you talk about that? You know, was it easy? Did you guys just fit back together like, you know, nothing had changed or? Um, so you're referring to Cobra Kai, I assume. Um, yeah, one of the one of the greatest um, gifts of having uh, worked on the show was the fact that I got to, you know, rebuild uh, a friendship with Ralph Macchio as a fifty year fifty five year old adult rather than being kind of this brash twenty one year old kid, you know, playing a role where I was meant to torment him, and the producers very much sort of facilitated keeping us apart because they were not and probably wisely so interested in us forming a friendship because they didn't think that it would, it would suit what they wanted on screen. And so it's been really wonderful, um, you know, getting to know Ralph like that uh, as two very different guys. Um, uh, some of the other actors I, and, and I'd seen Ralph over the years cause we would do, you know, occasionally do um, autograph signings and, and publicity things together, but this was a chance to really get to know him a little, a little more. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, the guys that already had a couple years for that pinch me, can you believe we're here, we're doing this and it's successful. You know, when Ralph and I, you know, were on set together, I said, can you believe this, man? I mean, 35 years ago, and now here we are. And he's, you know, e even Ralph just sort of shakes his head in, in 
appreciative disbelief at, at the gift that it is, um, you know, that, that, that he's able to do this and we're able to do this. It really is uh, surreal is the word that I, I have to come up with, you know, to think that a character that, that I did 35 years ago still has some relevance and a place in the heart of the fans. And it, it allowed me the opportunity to go and reprise it after all this time. What a gift. Amazing. Um, I have another question come in, and I actually have this question, too. They want to know how they can get a signed book. Sure. Um, well, actually, uh, it, it's it, today, uh, it's 15% off all the uh, merchandise from waythecobra.com. So if you just go to waythecobra.com, you can order a signed uh, copy of the book. And if you just like to get the book or, um, you know, get the uh, uh, Kindle version, you can go to Amazon. And it, we've got all five-star reviews on Amazon, and uh, I, I know you'll like it. I'm coming out there to get mine. I want my signature warm. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't want my signature sitting on some shelf somewhere, Sean. Absolutely, I just want Rain, I'm a shameless it. beggar. I'm a shameless it. beggar. <laughs> uh, well, I would welcome the chance to meet you in person. Oh, yeah. That's going to happen. I promise I you. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> The rest of us are chopped liver on the show. I know. Well, I hope I get a chance to meet all of you. I really do. I'm actually coming back to. I'm actually coming back to New England. I'm coming back to uh, uh, Boston uh, uh, at the end of this month, which I'm kind of excited for. I haven't been back uh, in a very, very long time. Um, we're we're going to uh, see my parents in Pennsylvania, and my wife had never been to Boston and we found it. I said, why don't we just go, let's go have a layover. Let's go take 24 mm -hmm. hours. I'll show you Boston, show you where I went to school. It's a great city. And so um, it's, it's going to be great to get back to uh, New England. I, I would love to go to Maine because I have this just mm -hmm. fantasy of, you know, doing the lighthouses and the lobster and the, the, you know, seeing the foliage change and all of that sort of stuff. So I would love to do that. And if I do that, Kevin, we're staying at your house. So, Hey, you're welcome. If you do that, it'd be hard. He's in New Hampshire. Oh, wow! But I'm I'm on the way. You can stay at the house. You're in Maine, but you're you live in New Hampshire. No, no, I'm in. Albert's in Maine. Oh, okay, I got it. Okay, so we're. I live in New Hampshire, but I'm in Chicago for the week. Got it. Right. Yes, you told me that. But but you can you can stay. We have a guest room. You have a hot tub. I don't have a hot tub. He has a hot tub. I have a hot tub. I have a hot tub. I have a couple of cats. Um, and uh, we can definitely show you some great places for uh, love it. hiking. And if you're into a kayaking and wear some foliage. And then I was raised in Bane. So okay. come on down. All righty. You never know. Reach out. All right. I'll sell tickets for people to drive by the house because I got a famous person <laughs> staying there. I and thought I, got, I was the shameless beggar. <laughs> and 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 my garden is just coming. I got tons of zucchini and eggplants and and tomatoes and I go to the front lawn and I pick like a nice stuff off and and I cut it up and I cook it and we eat yeah. it fresh. I love it. That's a, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Before we run out of time, yes, somebody who has um somebody who has been fed all of the lies about being yourself is not enough. 
what would do you want to say to that person that is going to help them find the way of the cobra? Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Repeat that again so I understand. Somebody's been fed the lies of what? That being themselves is just not enough. Like the world is not going to accept you to be you. Well, look, I, I think that for anyone to be truly happy, you have to be living your authentic life. You have to be living the life of who you are uh, on the inside. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of other things that come with it to being happy and successful. And, you know, it, it involves putting in effort. It involves, you know, creating authenticity with people so that so that you may be you may be living your most authentic life but are you behaving in a way that is authentic with other people that is you know creating the relationships which um you know are so important in our life um uh, i do i do believe that you are enough is um a very strong message you know people always ask me they say what what message would you give your younger self and that's one of the big three that i would give myself that you are enough but you are enough does not mean, you know, sitting on your, the couch in your mom's basement playing video games for eight hours um, and expecting that you're, you know, that, that you're being enough and that, you know, that's going to make your dreams come true. I mean, you know, the, the world, it's like, it's like Rocky Balboa says, the world doesn't meet anybody halfway. It doesn't owe you anything, not a damn thing. And, you know, it's, it's up to you to go out and to make your dreams a reality. You know, one of the biggest lessons that, that I've learned in my life, and I talk about it in the book, is I'm a huge proponent uh, of, of the win-win scenario. And by that, I mean, you don't have to lose for me to win, okay? I try and bring value to every single interaction, every single relationship that I have. And when you bring value to every relationship by being authentic, you know, not by manipulating or anything. Mm -hmm. um, I find that that's the quickest way to get what you want. If you do that with no ulterior motive, with no eye towards what can I get out of this, but really and truly about being of service. And if you throw yourself into that, um, I find that everything else kind of shows up in your life that you want to. I think that one of the things, because, you know, my my primary practice for 33 years has been as a spiritual catalyst. Mm. That's kind of what I do. And um, one of the things is, I think a lot of people haven't taken to the journey to what authentic means. Mm -hmm. I don't think they know what authentic means and how can you be what you haven't discovered, what you, what you haven't done it. But, you know, but I, I love your advice. I think it's great advice. I, I like to actually talk about the win-win-win situation because not only do you win and I win, but the world wins. Yeah, absolutely. That's I completely concur with that. Um, maybe maybe I'll I'll co-opt that and give you give you credit for that because I do like that. You know, really quickly, really quickly because I know I know it's a whole conversation. I understand what you're saying about how do you live your authentic life when you don't know. And where that comes from, though, is from doing the work. And you know, a lot of the stuff that I talk about in my book mm -hmm. is, is healing your inner child. And I write a whole chapter on healing your inner child and uh, and about sort of silencing that inner critic inside your head. And in doing that work, 
I believe that your authentic self emerges and it emerges from, you know, from from facing challenges, uh, both external ones and inter internal ones, overcoming them, seeing that you can overcome them. And and that reveals your character. And, and, and that is, is effectively your your authentic self. Absolutely. I've been helping people hail their inner children for over 30 years. So Important. we're right on track. We're right on track. You gotta, you gotta get. You, you've, you've got to recognize the lies as lies and let them go. Yeah, agreed. That's what happens. Yep. Sean, I want to thank you for coming. I know we're coming to the end of the hour. Thank you so um, much. You know, I'm gonna pull a rain. I usually she's the one that says this, but you know, rain's gonna be in touch with you at some point to see I if you, so. you know, like to come, come on again and. You know, let us know about some more stuff unfolding. Uh, we'd definitely like to uh, keep the laughing, loving, and alive eye on you, Sean. I would absolutely by love that. that. This, this time, I promise my wife will not be cooking in the background. So we have, uh, <laughs> and uh, I promise I will call you ahead of time as in miscommunication. <laughs> Uh, but you gave us a great view. We get to see the sun set on Los, on Los Angeles. Yeah. So yes, just, just as the fire behind you the goes by with its siren, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you guys, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I want to wish you all all the best and uh, until we meet again, okay? Yeah, okay. Take care, guys. Okay. Bye-bye. Sean, uh, Albert, who's our next guest? Uh, nobody. Uh, it's us. Oh, Just the three of it's us. It's us. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, September that's right. 11th. We're doing a 9-11 show. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's take it home. Yay. Play us out. Thanks for watching or listening to the Laughing, Loving, and the Live show. If you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or support us with Buy Me a Coffee. To catch all of the latest from Laughing, Loving, and Alive, you can follow us on Instagram at Laughing, Loving, and Alive, and on Facebook at Laughing, Loving, and Alive. Thanks again, and see you next time.